Welcome to the Chaka Life Podcast. My guest today is world-class ski mountaineer Hilary O'Neill, who has chased adventure on the world's biggest mountains. A passion for big descents has led her to ski mountains in Mongolia, Pakistan, Lebanon, Choi Oyu in Tibet, and Baffin Island in the Canadian Arctic. She was named by Outside Magazine as one of the most adventurous women in the world of sports. Hillary continues to travel the globe as an adventurer for the North Face, always ready for new ski challenges, but her true compass always points home to Telluride, where she lives with her husband and two boys. Welcome, Hillary. It's great to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm psyched to be talking to you. So, I mean, you have done a bunch of things. You've been all over the world in your travels. Uh, you've skied a ton of great mountains. How did you end up in Telluride, Colorado? I ended up here, um, and it's really funny because I, I did listen to your podcast with Wendy Fisher, and I came to Telluride for the same reason as her, for a man. Oh, no. Not funny. Yeah. Most people go there and find men because the ratio is so great. If you're a girl in a ski town, it's like... Yahoo. So yeah, you can do no wrong. In this case, in this case, um, my husband had lived here for a really long time. And uh, um, apparently the his his options were burned. And so I was imported. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, to the to the really, uh, all the local girls were probably pretty upset with that. Because yeah, Yeah, I don't know. know. And so I'd been to Telluride before meeting my husband. So I had spent some time here before and and, um, I met him outside of Telluride and was really happy to learn that he lived here because um it's funny some of the things have been written about you that Telluride is your favorite mountain tell me a little bit about why that is one of the things I really like about Telluride is that it is not crowded and I love the simplicity of that obviously sometimes it can be difficult for my job because I travel in and out of Telluride a lot and Telluride's not crowded because it's hard it's a hard place to get to get to. So you basically have to make that extra effort to get here. And we're roughly six hours driving from an international airport. So we don't really get that weekend traffic kind of thing. And uh, it's a very straightforward mountain in that all the skiing on the resort is vertical. There's not a lot of traversing or anything like that. And I just, I just love the feel of the mountain. And what about the town? Because you hear about Telluride kind of almost in the same breath as Aspen, I hate to say, but there is a big celebrity quotient there. Um, what would you say about that if people have a certain idea of Telluride? Maybe, you know, it's the big film festival and um, that kind of thing. Telluride will always be smaller than Aspen. We just don't have the same space in our valley as the Aspen Valley. We are similar in that our ski lifts come right out of town, and that's amazing, and you don't find that in many ski resorts in the United States. Right. I love that about it, but like I said, we just we will always be smaller. We just don't have the space to grow um, to the size of an Aspen, and I think that keeps it a little bit more quaint. For me, if I go to Aspen, it's like going to the big city and I love Aspen for that reason, but I love Telluride for that quaintness and I can ride my bike everywhere. There's no stoplights. It's really homegrown and uh, you know, you can tell that it, it, it 
gave it was born from a mining town so it's still got this really quaint main street and uh uh in those regards i think it's quite different from aspen there is some star factor here but it's really different everybody's pretty low key so um, maybe that draws a different type of star here I'm yeah not- would you say that the celebrities probably that moved to telluride um are the ones that aren't are going to be a little more low-key than maybe an Aspen celebrity. I, I would say so, yes, because there's just really no one to see you here, you know? <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it is. It's just more low-key. Well, and you talk about how it's uh, isolated. I The stunning thing about the town, other than that it was a real town before it was a ski town, which makes it different from so many other places in the U.S. for skiing, is that there's that incredible box canyon at the end and you you know that that adds to the complexity of traveling here basically because it's not a it's not a a through town like uray or silverton even for that matter um and you know it just it makes it you you this is your destination and you're trying to get here and you're not passing through to go somewhere else it's you're coming here to be here and i think that's a pretty cool thing And what's interesting as well, I think that when you live in a town that does have a little bit of the celebrity or a a little bit of a wealth factor there, you do get some amazing things that you might not find in another ski town, which are some music festivals, the film festivals, some some big events that... that Yeah. I mean, I think we've officially, like our summer... um tourism and business has officially surpassed our winter business and that is mostly because of these incredible music festivals we get we have jazz festival we have the ballet comes through town um we have this incredible uh the palm theater at the high school which can host a wide assortment of comedy festivals theater you name it um things that really make a town with a year-round population of like 2,500 people, way bigger and way more diversified than you would think. Right. And so just kind of the logistics of getting in and out, do you, um, how, you what airport do you use to get in and out of there? And, and would you drive, what's your big city to drive to then? Well, you can fly in, right in and out of Telluride. Um, just in, you know, a few years ago, they finished doing some upgrades to the airport and have, you know, made it easier to land and whatnot. But again, it's still a daytime airport, and uh, um, it can be tricky to fly in and out of. But the next closest would be Montrose, Colorado. And that's still a small airport, but, you know, they get direct flights from New York, from L.A., from Houston. So you're getting a little bit bigger there. And then beyond that, you're looking at Grand Junction or Durango. If you want to go straight to a city, it would be Salt Lake or Denver. But, again, those that's about a six-hour drive. So right. a lot of times you end up flying through those places to Grand Junction or to Montrose. Mm-hmm. And where do most of the locals live – that are, you know, have to work in the town. Do they live right in town or they have to live far away? Telluride's done a really amazing job with local housing. So affordable housing, 
um, however you want to call it. And it's allowed quite a few people to live right in town. There's another area that is local housing. Again, it's called Lawson Hill, and that's about 10 minutes outside of town. Beyond that, you'll find a lot of locals living in uh, a really rugged mountain town, Ophir, Colorado. And then again, there's a few towns down Valley, but uh, I always think of like Aspen has Carbondale and Basalt and those towns that sort of feed into Aspen, whereas we have Placerville and Sawpit, which maybe only host, you know, if there's a population of a thousand people living in those two towns together, I'd be surprised. Right. I, we're a talking tiny towns out, outside tiny, of Telluride. Tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just because the valley leading up to Telluride is very narrow and doesn't um, allow for a lot of building and construction and houses. So it, it keeps the, the population down, down valley. But there is Rico, there's Ofer. Um, and then, like I said, there's just been some amazing uh, pushes for affordable housing in town. So the affordable housing, do you usually have to, you have to be working in town? Yes. So you have to, there's an income cap on it, I believe. And you have to obviously show residency and that you, yeah, that you're employed in the, I think, I think it's in the county. I'm not sure it has to be in the town. I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. And what about if you are working for the ski company? Well, the ski company has a lot of housing on the Mountain Village side. That's another part of Telluride that I didn't really talk about. There's this really incredible free gondola that is uh, paid for through the town of Mountain Village and basically connects Telluride to the new to its newer counterpart town the mountain village and you just kind of go up and over the ski area and down the other side. And in the mountain village, there's a lot of hotels. It's kind of where you'll find your really big houses, you know, those, those star studded 14,000 foot houses, those kinds of things. And then there's also a lot of condensed condo living. And that's where a lot of employees for the ski resort will live. And okay. So for the ski resort, it, Tell me about the mountain. Is there just one mountain there to ski, or are there many mountains? There's just one mountain, so there's just Telluride Mountain, but they've done quite a bit of expansion over the last five to eight years by adding Gold Hill Lift, um, Revelation Lift, and really expanding their hike to backcountry. Um, well, I guess not backcountry because it's avalanche-controlled and um, ski patrol-assisted. But uh, it's quite it's it's really an impressive ski resort, especially when you come into the town and it's such a small town, and you ride up that first gondola, and all of a sudden, kind of the whole the mountains laid out for you, and you've got it's got great aspect to it. A lot of the skiing is north, which is really important for snow quality, and uh, then the slopes kind of coming down into the mountain village on the other side are are more south facing and a lot more gentle terrain and really really fun great intermediate to beginner skiing. So there's a wide variety and it's it's really it's a big resort. You know, it's funny when you say um beginner skiing, I really don't think of Telluride. You do hear about Telluride kind of being a challenging mountain. I mean, what what do you think it should be known for? I I'm always, because now I have little kids too, so all of a sudden I'm skiing that beginner terrain a lot more, and I'm totally blown away by how much 
beginner train there actually is here because like you my impression of Telluride has always been that it's it's steep double black diamond challenging terrain but um I, I I'm really blown away at how what a great variety of beginner and intermediate train there is as well uh, but to come here one of the unique things about Telluride is that is that hiking expanded terrain where you can hike now for up to an hour and still be in bounds and you're hiking up to a, a, a peak that's you know over 13,000 feet and skiing really extreme terrain and to me that's just incredible because if you if you come to Telluride as a family you can have your your kids skiing what seems to me pretty endless intermediate terrain and you can go out and you know, get as scared as you want to get on on hiking terrain or even some of the inbound stuff. It's pretty intense. And so, when you say uh, these hike hiking spots, are they bowls, trees, cliffs? Well, Telluride's really high, so the town itself is eight thousand seven hundred feet, and the top of the lift serve terrain, I believe, is like twelve thousand five hundred, right in that area. So most of the hike to terrain is couloirs, chutes. Um, it's all above treeline for the most part. And, yeah, so you're in an alpine sort of rocky Colorado kind of environment. And what type of snow is it? Um, you guys are close to Silverton, which you hear of getting dumps and dumps, although not this year, I don't think. But yeah. what is Telluride? Do they usually get lots and lots of powder or well we this, this year we've had an incredible year because we had a really great early season and so it's given us an amazing base throughout the year and you know we have that typical sort of Colorado dry spell those first couple weeks of January and then February it turns on again and now like right now we're in a cycle where we're getting you know, six to ten inches every few days, and it just sort of revamps the all the powder skiing. So we do have a lot of moguls. I know Telluride's known for its moguls, but with all the new expansions and things like that that have happened here, you're getting a lot of you know packed powder, fast skiing. There's some really great tree skiing lower down on the mountain, and you know the snow. You don't need, I find it's so funny here because I find that you just don't need as much snow as you might in some other places like Alta or something like that. Like six inches here is is an incredible powder day. Mm -hmm. um, and I think maybe it's the temperature, like it'll keep cold and it's that light Colorado snow, but... um, Nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Spoiled forever. I know, <laughs> totally. Oh, it's funny you talk about the moguls and it just came to mind. I remember... I don't know how many years ago, there was a huge debate because they wanted to start grooming the moguls or grooming more of the runs, runs in Telluride. And didn't people get really upset? And whatever happened with that? Well, so they did try and groom some of the runs a little bit more. A lot of this is on, on one particular chair. It's called Chair 9. And there's some really – it's one of the oldest chairs on the mountain. So in in, in that the, the hard and – true locals have been skiing the mogul runs on that forever. And there's this one run, um, um, make them stairs plunge that if you can ski that run, 
top to bottom, then that, that means you, you know, you're in shape and you can, you can ski anywhere else on the planet. And basically it's like waist high moguls on really steep train from the top to the bottom. And, um, um, I think one of the runs they wanted to start grooming was lower plunge, which is part of the make um, stairs plunge. And so how would you get your reputation then if they, you know, (laughs) <laughs> you'd be taking out a third of your mogul run and then right. you'd be able to get in shape. So yeah. they did it for a couple of years, but I haven't seen them do it. They haven't done it this year. So oh, we'll that's see. too funny. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then what about, so, but do they, do they groom a few for those um, wonderful celebrity skiers just to keep them happy? Yeah. You know, I've noticed their grooming has gotten, the grooming here used to be really average. And over the last five or six years, they have made leaps and bounds in their grooming. And so now, um, maybe it's still the same runs that are being groomed, but they're just so much, they're just, they do such a better job with it that, uh, um, it's really fun now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, um, what would you say if you were, if someone wanted to move there, what are the best places to live if you can find a rental and how would you do it? What do you say? Gosh, I mean, it really depends. If you, I'm fortunate enough to live in town and we have, you know, Telluride has an amazing school system. That's another reason to, to want to live here or move here. And I think last year, it might've just been last year or the year before it was, rated like number one in the country or number three only behind two charter schools. I mean, amazing. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. The town of Telluride, our tiny little school just is kicking butt these days. Um, And I think it's just because we have such amazing teachers and, you know, it's a really close community. So for me having, you know, kids in school, it's really great to live in town because I can pretty much walk them to school every day or we ride the bike or there's the the galloping goose, the local town bus that's free and you can just hop on that. Super easy. Uh, I love the east end of town because you don't have to go up any big hills to get anywhere, (laughs) which is always nice. It makes it a lot easier when you got your whole family in tow. Right. Uh, other good places, if you want a little more, uh, a little mo- to be a little more solitary or a little bit more space, you know, everything in town is very tight, again, because of that narrow valley. So there's not a lot of room for big backyards or, you know, anything like that. So if you want a little more space, you, a lot of people will live in um, ski ranches, which is about probably 15 minutes drive from town. There's also um, um, just some really nice areas uh, down valley. You know, and down valley gets a lot longer of a summer and a little bit shorter of a winter, which if you're living here, that can be awfully nice sometimes when winter starts in the middle of October and doesn't end until May. Right, because you've got those mountains encircling you and it gets yeah. a little bit dark sometimes. Yeah, it can just be, yeah, it can be yeah. a little snowy for a long time. So Down Valley gives you a little bit longer of that that sunshine and that warm feeling. So um, that's another nice place. And again, you'll have a little bit more space on those sort of outside towns, outside neighborhoods. And do you think it's pretty easy to find a place or is housing at a super premium? You know, right now housing is at, it's, it's, it's at a premium. Most definitely. It had a dip along with the recession. 
a few years back. And then now, and I think a lot of it is because of how well our schools were rated. The last two years, um, there's been a, a, an amazing influx of young families moving to town. And I think housing is definitely at a premium. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What is there a local paper or how do people find housing? There's a local paper. A lot of people will um, even work through uh, a realtor. There's definitely a few businesses in town locally that specialize in rentals and property management and things like that. Uh, I know I have quite a few friends who um, get how you work as caretakers essentially and get housing that way on some of the ranches. There's also a big um, ranch community here because we have quite a few outlying mesas. So um, those are often second homeowners and they'll have caretakers that look after those places. So that's a a great opportunity or source to find a place to live. Um, There's, you know, there's, Great condos if you just are, you know, trying to get into the housing market and find a place to live and then you can live here for a little bit and then find the part that you like the best and where you want to end up. Uh, And a lot of that's on the west end of town. Um, Yeah. And then probably for people who wanted to ski, who, who came there for, to work for the Ski Co, they might be able to get employee housing along with their pass and their work. Yes. And again, that would most likely be in the mountain village, which is just a, a, like a 10 minute commute by gondola. And for the ranch, the caretaking, is that mostly word of mouth? I mean, does it take a while for you to get that going there? Yeah, it does. That is definitely word of mouth because it comes, you know, from recommendations from the realtor that's man, you know, that's helping the the people that own the ranch or whatever it is. That's definitely word of mouth and, and takes a little bit to get, to kind of get into that side of the housing market because it's also, it's also employment as well. And it's sort of coveted employment. Right. That's a, that's a sweet deal because a lot of those people from what I know, they're maybe there, you know, I don't know, a couple weeks in the winter and a couple weeks in the summer. Sometimes if you get lucky yeah. and then basically you've got a incredible place, you know, to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Incredible place to yourself. And usually, you know, like I said, it's out on one of the mesas, which has, all the mesas just have incredible views of the the Wilson Peaks or, you know, there's so many. The mountains in southern Colorado are a lot different than what you find in the Front Range. Like they're just younger mountains are a lot more rugged and dramatic and they really make for beautiful views when you're living out. Right. It's funny. I mean, well, they call Ure, which is close to Telluride, the Switzerland of America. And so yeah. if you think of that, the mountains, yeah, they're jagged. They're not, the front range is a little more, well, they're gorgeous and they're big, but yeah. there is a different feel to it down there. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's definitely different. It's so funny how, when you just kind of make that, when you, when you make that crossover from the front range to the Western slope or to Southern Colorado, there's a big difference in the appearance of the mountains and both are beautiful. They're just different. Yeah. And what would you say are some insider things about Telluride that that make it special or a little bit different from another ski town? Well, uh, it is a really tight-knit community. Uh, I find uh, my family tends to experience a lot of injuries and things like that. So <laughs> we rely on the community quite a bit. And, oh. um 
it's great. It's great in that sense. Um, there's a really strong variety of actors and artists and a lot of people that live here that aren't necessarily, you know, an insane skier or a rock climber or ice climber, all those things. Like there's a whole side of the community that is, um, you know, creative, artistic. Uh, and I think that's what makes it really well-rounded and more in and a more interesting place to live. If someone were thinking about moving there, what would you say to sort of look out for or to prepare for before they come? Ooh, probably mud season. <laughs> Watch out for mud season. Right. When the town is dead and it's just town, dreary there. Town is pretty dead and it can be a little dreary in April and May. Um, but a lot of times I really look forward to that time because it's a great it's a great six weeks to just refuel and stop socializing all the time. There's a lot of socializing in this town. Right. Um, you know, I think that happens with any small town. Your, you know, your five minute trip to the post office takes a half an hour because <laughs> you end up having 10 different conversations on the way or whatever it is. And right. so, you know, that, that off season, the mud season's kind of nice because town is empty. Everything's shut down. It's kind of, it's kind of time to, you know, you get a little more introverted and a little less social and it's a good time to refuel, but it is, you know, it is really quiet. A lot of people travel. Um, a lot of people leave town. It's And probably a decent time if you want to go find a place to live, but certainly not a, a place to work, I would think. No, it is. As far as looking for housing and coming to town, like a lot of rentals go from will go from off season to off season versus um you know the first of the year essentially so there's a lot of turnover um from the time the ski area closes which is the first of april that's the main turnover time and then again you know around halloween is another turnover time when the summer season's over and before the christmas holidays start so those are those are probably your best times to be looking for housing mm mm-hmm. And what, what would you say, there's usually a, a few uh, restaurants or great places to work that everyone covets working at. Yeah. You, you, you want to tell me what those are for Telluride? Yeah, I would say probably <laughs> right now one of the best ones would be the Chop House. And that's um, next to the Sheridan Bar. That is definitely a coveted place to work for a restaurant. There's also Hunga's, which is the the local sushi joint. That's a great place. The Marmot is uh, another really good place to work. Um, on the Mountain Village side, there's Tomboy Tavern, which has been doing a really great job this winter of just good service and great food. And um, and then there's, I think, that one of the highest-end restaurants is All Reds, and that's at the top of the gondola between Telluride and the Mountain Village, and that's another great, more high-end restaurant to work in. And do you have any private clubs like they do in Aspen? You know, All Reds is actually the closest thing I think we have to a private club. It's open to everyone for dinner, but it's private at lunch, and the bar is open for opera, but um, a lot of All Reds up there is private. And what about, what are the locals' hangouts? Locals' hangouts are 
the oak, which is at the base of the gondola. Always, um, right. On the, yeah, always <laughs> on the Telluride, on the Telluride side. Um, I mean, Thursday, I don't know what night it isn't busy, but Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, it's crazy in there. And it's all, it's a pretty much an apres scene. Um, some other good local places, the, the smuggler restaurant just got revamped. That's, you know, about a three minute walk from the, the base of the gondola in Telluride. And, uh, that's a, they ha- it has a really good vibe in it now. And a lot of locals have been going there. Um, the lounge or what is it? I think it's called the lounge and that's part of the chop house, but it's, it's at the entrance to the hotel and it's really tiny and it's, it's where everybody checks into the hotel, but it's also this funky bar sort of bar menu. And it's a really cool place to hang out. Um, cause it's right on main street. So you can do a lot of people watching, especially in the summer. Cause you get some crazy crowds for bluegrass and things like that. Oh, I was there last summer. Breath. Yeah. For bluegrass. And yeah, oh my God, my God, I can't believe you can fit all those people in the town and they're just camping out right there in the middle of town, basically. Oh, it's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you just get, I mean, you just get crazy people. It's really, it's really funny. It is hard to believe you can fit that many people in this town though. <laughs> Well, and it. Uh, what about a local festival that is unique to Telluride? Not in any of the celebrity things, but something kind of crazy that you guys do there that nobody else does. Do you have something like that? Well, yeah. There's the there's the No Festival weekend. What is that? Where all the locals ride their bikes naked down Main Street. That's <laughs> <laughs> fun. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the that's basically the one weekend in the summer where there is no festival. Really? Um, and people are pretty adamant about keeping it that way. So, <laughs> so yes, that but then it, of course it's become a, you know, a festival of its own and that yeah. Well, now we don't want to miss it. When exactly is that? You know, I can never I never <laughs> know when it is, but it's definitely in the middle. It's after the 4th of July. I want to say it's like towards the end of July. Mm-hmm. Right in there somewhere. So yeah. in, in full season and, and there's no, uh, uh, do, does everyone have to put away their cameras so no one can be bribed? <laughs> I think, I, try and, I, think I, I have to say I have never participated, but I think <laughs> oh, try, try to make it like a different time all every time so that there's an element of surprise to it. <laughs> um, it's really funny. And there's been a new, a new um, little festival or, or like this funny bike race because one year we had the, you know, the... Um, the Colorado, the pro bike tour come through like three years ago. And so as a, as a spoof on it, there's now a locals town bike race, which is hysterical and it loops around through town and everybody has to be on their like little townie bike, which is, you know, they, they come in all, all flavors, all shapes and sizes. And so that's another really quirky, funny quote festival unquote (laughs) and people are wearing clothes so that's a good one oh I see right (laughs) yes (laughs) Uh, so you have lived um in Telluride quite a while what uh when did you move there actually I moved here in 2001 so May of 2001 okay and would you consider living anywhere else you know, I, I, over the years, I think we've thought about it just because, you know, you're inevitably going to have the, the grass is always greener kind of thing. And so we've looked at a few places, but um, have yet to ever really pull the trigger. I couldn't see, I could see maybe spending a year somewhere else, whether it was like some far away place just to, 
you know, just to give my kids an idea of somewhere else to live. But um, I can't ever really see not coming back here and having this be home. Right. Well, and so what you do is traveling around the world, basically, and mountaineering. Mm -hmm. I mean, how does that work for you living in Telluride? Are you doing just a couple expeditions a year or does it just vary? Yeah, I do a couple. I I mean, I do one or two expeditions a year. It just depends on how long they are. And it is challenging to be in and out of town here a lot because apart from those expeditions, I do a lot of traveling for speaking engagements or uh, sales meetings for different sponsors that I have or athlete summits, all kinds of things. So I end up traveling quite a bit. And that part is really challenging because it, it is difficult to get in and out of here. Um, but again, it, you know, that's what makes it special. Right. Um, the upside of living in Telluride is that I, I do a lot of high altitude climbing. And this has got to be one of the most amazing places to train for that specific uh, discipline just because we are so high. I sleep high. I live high. Um, everything is up. We're already at 9,000 feet. So, um, it's a great place for training. One of the best. Yeah. I would think you couldn't, you couldn't be difficult to match that anywhere else. Um, Yeah, it would be. And so tell me about what your next adventure is going to be. Um, so this is funny. I was laughing about this earlier. Uh, my next trip is actually going to um, Greenland and I'm going for just a few weeks. And it, it's just funny because uh, uh, there's three other guys on the trip and they're like in their early twenties, you know, single, unmarried, single, no kids. And here I'm going to try and come in, um, um, you know, in my early forties with my kids and all that kind of stuff and, and see if I can hang with them. So it's, it's going to be a different kind of challenge. Somehow I don't think you're going to have a problem, Hillary, but yeah, you'll we'll teach see. those boys a lesson or two. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'll let you know when I get back. <laughs> well, wait, are you skiing up there? What are you doing exactly? No, it's skiing. Well, it's skiing, but it's all ski touring. So I, you know, I'm kind of there just helping, you know, figure out the routes and guiding and all that kind of stuff. And, and then it's, you know, we have a, you know, a couple different objectives to kind of ski some of the bigger peaks in Eastern Greenland and really just have fun. It'll be cool. We'll go, we're going in on dog sleds and coming out on a boat, hopefully if the the fjords melt out while we're up there. So it'll, it'll be really interesting. Uh, You know, you're up and you're, you're North of the Arctic circle. So it's just, you know, I've been up there before, but um, in Alaska and in Canada, so not through Greenland. And um, it's just so beautiful. You have those long, you know, 24-hour days of, you know, four-hour sunsets and then right into sunrise, and it's just amazing. Wow. You know, it j- brought up another question for you. Do you – are you basically um, a paid adventurer? Is that – that yeah, is. that's an excellent way of putting it. Yes, I would say that's quite it because, you know, I, I cover a lot of different disciplines from mountaineering to alpine climbing to skiing and and a lot of it is just remote and it's adventuring. It's, yeah, that's exactly, yeah, it is. And it's great. It's a great job. Yeah, there's got to be what maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 of you in the world that probably actually yeah. you know do that I think full there's time. more and more these days but um um 
yeah. It, it's unique because it's not, I'm not just skiing for ski movies or something. It's, it's such a different thing. Sometimes I don't even know what it is, but, um, I do get paid for it and I love it and I get to see the world and it's pretty amazing. And I get to live in Telluride. It's great. Yeah. Well, and just quickly, how did you get, how did you get this gig? Well, it ha- I mean, it happened a really long time ago um, when, gosh, in 1999, I uh, met with the North Face, which is my primary sponsor, and they just happened to need a, a female ski mountaineer, which I don't even think one really existed in 1999, right. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And I pretty much, you know, lied through my teeth that I knew how to do all of these things and stuff, and so then I just sort of learned the ropes as I went along, and... um um, I've ended up here some, you know, 30 plus expeditions later. So, um, and I've been, you know, I've been to some crazy places. So do you yeah. see that there are more opportunities for women now? Well, of course there are, but is, is it still a little bit more biased for men to do this? You know, uh, I think it is, but I also think, it's a really difficult thing to get into man or woman. And, uh, you know, it doesn't like, I, I do get paid, but I wouldn't exactly say the pay is great, but what I do is really expensive to do. So having those sponsors that pay for these huge expeditions, um, is worth its weight in gold. But at the same time, how do you train for that? Unless you have a lot of money to begin with or, or, um, are just sort of lucky to be in the right place at the right time, which was the case for me. So, you know, there, there are a lot of people doing it and there's big mountains out there, but I don't know, you know, for a while there were a lot more women getting into it and it seems like now there's maybe even less. So I'm not really sure where, where the future is in what I do, except uh, I hope it keeps going because it's, it's a pretty amazing lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, I would say that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, you said something one time, words to live by. I, do you remember what you said by any chance? Words to live by? Never maybe <laughs> <laughs> never have your, your next day be the same as you, the day you just lived. That's one thing that I sort of try to live by is keep every day different. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll live say, I'll, I'll quote what you said, which I think is a great quote. The purpose of life is to live it, to taste oh, yeah. experience to the utmost, to reach out eagerly and without fear for newer and richer experience. Yes. That was an Eleanor Roosevelt quote. Um, was it? Yes. For an, I mean, that is, that is the quote of, an, of a true adventurer. And you don't think yeah. of Eleanor Roosevelt, although she funny? did, certainly. Yeah. I think she was probably a great adventurer in her own way. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. I love that you're fearless, that you're out doing what your passions are, and uh, that you've chosen such an amazing town and decided to share it with us. Thank you so much, Hillary. Great. Thanks for talking with me, and uh, it was really great to tell you all about Telluride. For more information about living in Telluride, go to chocolife.com. <laughs>